This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Who are listening in? Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Remember, we're here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also subscribe to the Kelly and Company podcast at your leisure as well. Use your favorite podcast platform. Ramya, she's uh, over there at Accessible Media Inc., hanging out on main campus today, talking to us from there. I'm at the home studio of London, Ontario. Kevin McDonald here. Ram, on Mondays and Tuesdays, we like to visit with our community reporters. Now, the Community Reporters Project is an incredible one that brings so much information to us from these reporters' areas, their regions that they cover off. They bring us things that are happening, going on, but also give us the flavor of those those regions. Today, we're talking to Annette Dennis in southwestern Ontario. Annette, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. Happy Monday to you both. Well, we're having a good one over here, of course. A real diverse show as uh, usual on a Monday. And you've got a really important topic leading things off that I I think is wonderful to to kind of get back on people's radar um, and and important to do so. Uh, Can we talk a little bit about National Day for Truth and Reconciliation and Orange Shirt Day, a couple of things that we should know about and happenings? Yeah, so as folks know, September 30th is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, and tied into that is Orange, you know, the Orange Shirt Day initiative as well. And so, it's, as you know, it's a day to honor those who survived residential schools and to remember those who did not and their families. Um, and it's an also an opportunity to create meaningful discussions, to build awareness of the legacy and, and um lasting impact of residential schools. And also, um, and I love this part, (laughs) this is where a lot of us can come in and to inspire action, hope, and healing as well. So um, to mark this day at LOSA Family Healing Services, along with several other um, area Indigenous groups, um, I'm inviting everyone to join them as they come together for a gathering at The Green, which is in Wortley Village here in London, from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. Um, this Friday. And that is at 206 Wortley Road, which is between Duchess and Elmwood here in London. So many, um, and, and there's been a lot of uh, different things that have gone on of late in, in this area. So a lot of people in the city of London will know it. And folks, it's wonderful to take that visit into Wortley Village. I think mm-hmm. what we're finding with these events, and, and there's a couple, there's other things. I know Namrin has things going on too in London. Um really open arms to people. This is the thing I find so, because of understanding so many things that we get a chance uh, to learn about experience. And a lot of it, I think many of us um, may have heard something, may have had a friend, especially if you're in the London area uh, when you were a kid or have a friend now and you, you're, you know, so you, you already feel or should feel welcome to, to be there, participate, uh, enjoy and celebrate. Absolutely, absolutely. And it sounds like a really, a really lovely program for, for folks of all ages to, to come out and, and participate actively or just as a, to observe. Um, and they are going to have a, um, a, an MC there throughout the day who has, his bio is, will be up on your blog, but uh, just a well respected both in the States and Canada. Daniel uh, Deliri is his name. He's going to be the MC and they're going to have, um, 
uh, throughout the day, they have specific things. There's going to be a lighting of the fire um, at 7 a.m. And it's going to be lit by Dennis Wide-Eye, who I have met. He's I've um, been at events uh, with him before, um, and he's a wonderful uh, person in our, in our area. Um, and then there's going to be at 11 a.m. a jingle dress dance for folks to... Um, to enjoy. Uh, and then at 2 p.m., there's going to be a, a smoke dance as well. And I think actually, if there are um, folks in the area that want to participate um, in those, you can call the organizer and, and if you want to be a part of that. And they're also going to have a, um, an elders' tent, uh, educational booth, singing and drumming for those. And they just, I just noticed yesterday on the website, they have two more features that just went up. They're going to have language sessions, 30-minute um, language sessions for, for folks who are interested. And they also are going to have Indigenous uh, food vendors. Um, so folks can maybe just bring their own water or snacks or if they want to enjoy maybe some um, Indigenous food as well. They're, they're hoping to have that as well. Okay. Absolutely wonderful. We'll put that up on the blog, as you mentioned, ami.ca slash Kelly Co. Perfect, Annette. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep with this theme because I feel like there's so much uh, to appreciate with nature from your last item. And there's the guided nature meditation with Kitchener National Natural Areas program happening. Yeah, so this really caught my eye. And this one is great because it's, um, it's online, so you don't have to be in that area specifically to enjoy it. And so they're offering three different ones this um, this fall and winter, and they're Mondays, October 3rd, November 7th, and December 5th from 730 to 830, and it is via Zoom. Um, and this, this particular event is free. Um, so basically... It's an opportunity for participants to wind down their day with two uh, guided meditations that draw on the elements of nature to help individuals ease into a state of peace and relaxation. And this is open for beginners, so you, you know if you don't have any experience, that's okay. But they do, um, even though it's free, they do ask you to register, and you have to do, you know, you can do one or all three that you do them individually. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool, and I've never. Personally, I've never heard of this program, but it's called the Kitchener Natural Areas Program, or NAP, K-N-A-P for short. And it's an environmental program that promotes the stewardship of the city's natural spaces. And doing so, they offer events and learning opportunities for folks of all ages in the area. Mm-hmm. And they, they do it at different spaces. So, yeah. It sounds wonderful, and it's obviously the aspect of um, nature and connecting uh, that you know outdoor space, outdoor being with meditation, and how um, that concept is going to be portrayed through this program. But also, just the the real interesting part for me is finding nature in your cities, and um, for some reason that really clicks because. You know, we tend to think of cities as loud and uh, overwhelming, maybe a lot of stimulation and finding that peace as you're you're describing from the program um, may feel difficult, especially for beginners of meditation. Um, but they're saying you can still find that space in these cities. Absolutely. That's that's it in a nutshell. And I think people we tend to forget yeah. that, right, when you're busy in for your day to day life, getting here and there. And being able to remember, oh, there are these spaces in all our communities, and and it's important to um, remember that and kind of seek these opportunities out. And it's nice when you have an organization to help folks do that and to remind people to do that. Um, And for folks in the area, they do have some in-person events, which are really interesting. Um, 
Um, there are a couple of them are ongoing sessions. There's a forest bathing session, which just started. Um, okay. But I believe you can probably register as it's ongoing and they will prorate the price, I'm assuming. They also have a yoga hike session, which is kind of yoga meditation outside. And that's the session people can register for as well. And they have a couple of one-offs, which is a mindful movement in the woods. Um, and they also have, um, like, they just, they have a winter solstice um, forest bathing, which is a one-night event, but it's already sold out. So it sounds like it's a really popular. So definitely, if you're in the area, um, maybe get on their email list and so you can be uh, made aware of these these really cool opportunities. Awesome. Great. Yeah, and you've highlighted all of these in the uh, notes as well. So we'll put it up on our blog, ami.ca slash Kellyco. Perfect. Let's zip over to London's master plan. This is the Mobility Master Plan. Help shape the future of transportation of mobility in London. Yeah, yeah. So um, the community consultation is now underway for this, uh, the Mobility Master Plan here in London, um, which is, um, like many other cities, um, (laughs) determine how London prioritizes transportation and mobility infrastructure programs and policies for the next 25 years. And when I read that, that sounds so daunting, but here we are, right? So um, so to start, they're, they want to basically learn what it's like for, for folks <laughs> that live in the city to move around the city with, um, with your choices, your challenges, and what would make trips better within the city. So they're developing the plan. It's going to take a, cu- a couple of years and... Um, basically, they're hoping to uh, improve street, or street sidewalk, cycling, infrastructure, transit routes, yay, um, pass, also known as mobility networks. Um, yeah, so for us and future generations. So the, this kind of ties into they're having this week a live Zoom, a live Zoom webinar. Um, so members of the public are going to be invited to join the city for a, uh, a community uh, conversation about transportation, mobility, and it's happening this Thursday, September 29th, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And it's basically going to include what the, uh, the master mobility master plan is, uh, local transportation trends, feedback that they have received to date um, on this initiative, and as well, uh, future improvements, uh, opportunities. And so folks can either... Um, in the Zoom, they could actually ask questions there or they can email ahead of time. And they also do have a form on their website where folks can give their feedback about their personal experiences, um, you know, with transportation and mobility in the city. That's amazing. Good, good. Very good. It, it's interesting because, of course, you need all this kind of input. And uh, right now when you talk a city that's getting into rapid transit of some form, you want all these kinds of check boxes and you'd like to at least make people feel they've had some means of contributing and, and voicing their opinion. Absolutely. And I know there are, because they are looking to more sustainable, sustainable future. They are obviously, I know this has come up in other community reports, the e-bikes and those sorts of things and yes. more, the bike share. So I think it's very important. I know that has created issues um, in other cities. So that's maybe an important aspect to give feedback and yeah. kind of learn from other cities' experiences, right? And get that. in there so. and uh, exercise our right to speak up and our concerns. And it, it goes up on the Absolutely. blog, ami.ca slash Kelly Co. Thank you so much. Wonderful report. Lots of great stuff. 
Great. Nice talking to you guys. Take care. Talk to you next month. Our community reporters visit us on the program Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, That was Annette Dennis from our community reporter from London, Ontario. Coming up in just a moment, Mark Rankin is an orientation and mobility instructor with Vision Loss Canada. We're connecting with him just a couple of moments to get into a discussion. Please stick around. There's going to be lots of great stuff here ahead on Kelly and Company. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.